It's time for JT the Brick. I love you, JT. You're a very honest person, and you have never shied away from the truth. Here we go again. Do it. Do it. All hands on deck. I'm coming to get you. Bring the energy that I bring. Do something. Get out of the soft zone. I won't waste your time. Your time is valuable to me. I don't hold back on anything. We're doing our job. As I often say, Raider Nation Unite, this would be a good time to pretend you're all in. Man, do I sound Mr. Wonderful and optimistic, huh? JT the Brick. I'm done with. We got to clean it up. Done. Clean it up is over. It's put up or shut up week. There are no rules here. Bobby insists. No rules. That's kind of a hostile work environment for me. Is it too soft? I'm salty. I'm pissed off. But I want to see some violence. The wolves are at the door. This is it. You got me? This is it. Let's stop this. Let's get to work and do your job. And now. Let's go. Here's JT the Brick. Back for hour number two. Thanks for joining us, everybody. M-Ride. Have you checked out Teo Johnson's M-Ride? This thing is unbelievable. You can get to the game quicker in an exclusive vehicle, a bus there that the players take, and have an unbelievable experience overall. It's that good. They do private events in San Francisco right here at Circa, at the Palms. Everything that they do is fantastic. I'm, I'm proud to be associated with M-Ride. They do a tremendous job. I'm really good friends with Teo, a, a former Raider who's done so much in his life. If you go to their website, mridelasvegas.com, please do this, mridelasvegas.com, and you can take a luxury shuttle to Allegiant Stadium, T-Mobile Arena, from Circa, you can go from the Palms. It's fantastic. On their website, you can just click on Raiders, Golden Knights, and concerts and events. Speaking of concerts, man, I feel like I just got a gift from God. I'm going to U2 again tonight. Can you believe this? I, I, got, I got a gift from God. A friend said, hey, you free tonight? I got a U2 ticket for you. I said, am I free tonight? I went to that concert. It was one of the greatest experiences of my life. So I'm going back. And then I'm going to see Ed Sheeran. It's the makeup concert of when Ed Sheeran and them, not the Raiders, couldn't get the stage right. Wink, wink. That was a big deal. I ended up seeing Carlos Santana that night, which was a great role for me. But Ed Sheeran's here, and that's one of the biggest tours in the world. How lucky are we to live in Vegas? I'm going to go to U2 again tonight, Ed Sheeran Saturday. Raiders don't play till Monday. And the guy that provides as much or if not more content than anybody, Vinny Bonsignor, joins us. Vinny, tough loss and a really tough loss. How do you think the Raiders are reacting this week from what you're hearing a bounce back? Yeah, and it was it was a disappointing loss uh, in all phases. You know, uh, the way they uh, played, uh, the final score, uh, all of that, and it's it's. You know, it's 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 going to be interesting to, uh, to see how they uh, how they react. We're not going to be back in the building until tomorrow, probably. You know, it's a Monday night game, mm-hmm. so they they didn't have a normal practice today. Um, so it'll be interesting to see out of their latest disappointment. You know how how they rebound, and they they have to get it together. There's no question about it. It's a very difficult opponent. That's why winning in Chicago was so huge. Uh, because it gave them a little bit of wiggle room against a really good opponent, the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that becomes, you know, a win that they're going to have to have to get back on the right track uh, and to keep things afloat so that by December, you know, there's something to play for. 
Uh, but that was really a disappointing loss for them on, on Sunday without question. You know, Vinny, it's, you're a journalist and you have a radio show. I just have radio shows and podcasts. When you're in your situation and you're looking down from the press box or I was in the booth and had tickets behind the bench, I didn't like the body language for the first time in a long time. I really thought when Carlson missed the field goal, I didn't see just guys picking each other up. I just thought the game got away from them early and I don't want to say they didn't fight because they're pros. They always fight. They want to win the game. But I didn't see the intensity that I saw at Allegiant Stadium in those wins. And believe me, those wins were heart attacks, ugly wins, but they got them. I thought the body language took a little bit of a step back. Is that fair? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's only so much, you know, that, uh, um, you know, disappointment, I guess, or, or when things don't work out, it's, it's bound to take an effect. You know, I felt like between the missed field goal, um, you know, and then and then you know, uh, Chicago scoring a touchdown on, on the next drive, and then the interception. All of a sudden, you're in a 14 to nothing hole. And when you look at the way the Raiders' offense is right now, and the way they're playing right now, that's just not a game uh, or a situation that they're really capable of dealing with. You know, I think they went into Sunday's game, you know, uh, hoping, expecting, based on what Chicago had uh, in terms of their quarterback situation and what the what the Raiders had playing their backup, whether it was going to be Aiden O'Connell or, or Brian Hoyer, but they were expecting it to be kind of a, a, a little bit of a slug, you know, 16, 17 to 14 type of a game. And by the way, that kind of would have, was what it would have been uh, if Hoyer takes care of the ball, doesn't throw the early interception, doesn't throw the, the pick six later in the game. That's 14 points that they literally gave the Bears. That's not what they were expecting, but that's what they ended up getting. And when they fell into that 14 to nothing hole, um, you know, again, based on how the offense has been playing lately, uh, that felt like it was, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're down by 35 points at that point. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest. So let's move on to Detroit. And I went back and watched the game. It was one of the games that I had in my library now to go back and watch. And the game got away from them quickly because Lamar Jackson had a brilliant game. And he's a different quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. He makes plays outside the pocket. But Detroit had the same problem, Vinny. They weren't chasing the ball. Their cornerbacks got beat all day. But a lot of that had to do with the fact that Lamar was such a threat to run the ball when he was fading back and taking off to the line of scrimmage where he could continue to run or stop and pop. And you just can't keep up with that many receivers here. The Raiders aren't similar at the quarterback position, but they saw a lot on tape where Detroit was exposed. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, but here's the thing: one of the rubs of all that is Detroit, and especially Jared Goff's kind of a different quarterback mm-hmm. on the road compared to at home. They play really well at home. It's going to be, you know, it's a big stage for the Lions. Uh, that place is going to be nuts over at Ford Field uh, in Detroit. It's the day before uh, Halloween. Um, you know, there's there's like this big thing going on in the city uh, this time of year. So uh, this is a game where. You know they're they're coming off a loss. I would burn the tape. What I, what I saw of Detroit uh, in, in Baltimore was just a bad matchup. They didn't come to play and they got their their hats handed to them. But I don't really expect that version of the Lions to be on the field at Ford Field. Um, this is going to be a Lion team that is smarting from a loss and wants to rebound as quickly as possible and is capable of doing that. And that body language that you talked about with the Raiders on Sunday, you can't come into Detroit. Uh, with that type of mentality, you got to uh, go into that game understanding that that's going to be a fight, and it's going to be a four-quarter fight. They, they they force you into that type of a game with their physicality and their toughness and their mindset, uh, and the Raiders are going to have to figure out a way uh, 
uh, to measure that and to match up to it. Otherwise, it's going to be a long day uh, at Ford Field. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor, as we wrap it up. Uh, Vinny, can the offense design better plays or more explosive plays? Because we haven't seen those plays. When we do see a good play, everybody's excited about it. You want to see more. I've been saying that all year about Jacoby Myers. We did the podcast earlier today in the building, and Jacoby had a couple of catches. I mean, the guy's wide open. He's wide open in Denver for touchdowns. He catches touchdowns, and he sits in windows beautifully. Like third and 11, he runs 12 yards. He's a pass to sticks. He sits in a window. Boom, it comes to him. Devontae, it's either feast or famine. Hunter's not involved at all anymore. And Michael Mayer had a good game two games before, and he didn't have many targets in this one. I think Jacoby Myers going forward is critical because he has experience and he has good rhythm with all the quarterbacks from Aiden O'Connell to Jimmy Garoppolo when he's playing well. Yeah, no doubt about it. I agree with you. Um, you know, uh, but but at, at the same time, they need all their weapons. You know, to be to be utilized. And what's disappointing is when you go back and watch the tape, you see so many opportunities that are missed. Michael Mayer. You talk about Michael Mayer. He was wide open down the middle of the field had the safety beat, and for whatever reason, Brian Hoyer decides to check it down to, to someone else on an incomplete pass. Probably would have been a touchdown if he makes just a regular throw, uh, and Michael Mayer had his guy beat. And you've seen that with, with Michael. You've seen that with Jacoby Myers. There's been times where Hunter, or excuse me, well, yeah, where, where Hunter Redford was open. There's times where Devontae Adams was open. And for whatever reason, you know, the quarterback at that particular time doesn't see him. So, um, there are creative plays that are being called. There's guys that are springing wide open, uh, and, and, and they just need their quarterbacks to start making those plays uh, when they're there. And I felt Brian Hoyer um, was a little bit robotic uh, on Sunday against the, you know, uh, the Chicago Bears, and I, and I know that you can't expect somebody to be what they aren't. Um, they were hoping that he just wouldn't make any mistakes and, again, try to win a 17-14 to game. That obviously didn't happen, but... At some point, they need their quarterbacks to start making plays that are available out there uh, in the passing game. We're not even talking about the run game right now, mm-hmm. but I do think if, the, if those passes start happening, if more of those open plays start getting completed, then I think that's going to loosen things up for the run game as well. So right now, it's just a double-edged sword uh, for the Raiders, um, and it's kind of a, a vicious cycle that they're in. Uh, and, it, and they're becoming easy to defend because uh, based on the play that they're getting from their, from their quarterbacks, um, there's not much to respect if you're a defense. If, 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 if easy plays are being, you know, fallen by the wayside because the quarterback is either doesn't see it or gets locked in uh, on, on, one, on one option, which is often the case with Brian Hoyer on Sunday, um, then again, I, I keep talking about this, it feels like the Raiders are playing with one and a half arms tied behind their back. All right, last one, Vinny. Uh, this is a huge game. This is a pivotal moment, and it should have been one. If they beat the Bears... They'd have a game over 500. I'm not saying they have to win, but it would have helped if they won the game. It would be unbelievable if they lose the game. They're 500. Now it feels like it's a point where the players need to be accountable. There cannot be a slow start. There can't. I don't think there's a lot of excuses. You're in the locker room. No one's making excuses. The coach or the players here, but they got to play a above average game. And I think against this opponent, you can. Baltimore did. Detroit was lousy two years ago. I mean, we're not talking about a team that's had a dominant team for 10 years and been around this league in like Kansas City the entire time with Reed and Mahomes and not that long, but we're not talking about a juggernaut. It's a team that kind of flipped things over a two-year period. I hope that's prideful enough for the Raiders to say, we could be the Lions 
if we get going and beat them and have a great offseason and be the Lions next year. Yeah, and, I, and I'm actually going to be writing about this. Uh, the, the thing about the Lions is they kind of embraced the fact that they were going to have to truly rebuild. Uh, they weren't trying to thread multiple needles, which is why I think the Raiders are trying to thread right now. One is to be as competitive as possible, but two is to, to build a roster that needed a major um, you know, facelift, major improvement. You know, you talk about five of the last six uh, first-round picks from 2019 to 2021, not even on the roster anymore. That's, those are huge holes that you need to fix, and, and that's, that's understandable. But I think the Raiders, what they've been trying to do, are thread both of those needles. Win right now as many games as possible, uh, but also rebuild this roster in a major way. Whereas the Lions just kind of embrace the fact that, you know, they traded away Matthew Stafford, they bring in Jared Goff, and they embrace the fact that there's going to be some major hurt initially. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, you know, you, you hope that you make the right decisions in the draft and in free agency, uh, and you get to where you want to be as quickly as possible. And ironically enough, you know, the Lions have gotten there quicker than the Raiders based on embracing that that philosophy. I'm not saying that that's what the Raiders should do right now, um, mm-hmm. but it is kind of an interesting contrast that, that 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 we're talking about. And when you talk about, you know, again, good teams in this league, they get good quarterback play. They get consistent quarterback play, whether it's Brian Hoyer, uh, whether it's Aiden O'Connell, whether it's uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, too many interceptions, too many fumbles, too many turnovers. Uh, and it feels like the Raiders have to play perfect football right now mm-hmm. just to get the basics done offensively. And it's, it, it, it puts you in a position where anything less than perfection is really hard to overcome. Uh, and that's kind of where they're stuck at right now with, the, with this offense. Uh, you hope that Jimmy Garoppolo uh, is back ready to play on Monday. He gives them the best option to win, obviously. Mm-hmm. Just look at the record. But um, even with Jimmy right now, and he hasn't been playing at the highest level uh, either, uh, it just feels like everything is a struggle. Everything needs to be perfect. Um, and that wasn't what anybody was expecting coming into the season. All right, Vinny, everybody wants to drink tequila with you. It's a long weekend here. Weekend starts early in Vegas. How do we do it? Yeah, a um, couple of places where you could go get uh, Lee's Liquor, Liquor World, uh, for Dos Cotas tequila if you want uh, a nice night out. Uh, Muggsy and Byers uh, is, is a great location. Uh, Houston or, or Texas Hot Chicken over in the Arts mm. District. Uh, and in Summerler serves it as well. So, uh any of those places, and if you're if you're not in Las Vegas, just go online to uh, doscotaspirits.com, punch in the code word, uh, uh, kick off, and get 20% off your next uh, purchase of Doscotas tequila. Thank you so much, Vinny. See you soon, buddy. All right, guys. Have a good one. All right, Vinny Bonsignor there. As the Raiders, as Vinny said at the end, it feels like they need to play perfect football to win. I don't think that's the case. I just think they got to play better and they got to play good football. We haven't I don't recall a time where the Raiders have gone this long in a while with not playing a solid good game of football. And there's a lot of reasons behind that. There's a tremendous amount of reasons behind that. Number one's the opponent. Number two, the Raiders are underachieving. We call that out every time. Uh, Raiders aren't starting fast, Raiders aren't tackling. Did we miss anything? I mean, the only thing we don't do is get nasty at the coach. On the flagship show, did we miss anything else? Is there anything we haven't talked about or called out on either side of the ball? Anything. Please tell me, Twitter at JT the Brick. But you want the coach. You want the coach. So anything else that's there that we can responsibly cover to feed your engine on Raider football, the good, bad, and the ugly here. Remy Martin, life is a melody. Usher is connected to Remy Martin. He's playing here in Vegas at the Super Bowl. 
the Remy Martin sidecar, my wife's favorite drink since we hooked up with Remy Martin. Loves the Remy Martin sidecar, and it's the 300th anniversary. What does that say about teaming up for excellence? Remy Martin, XO, team up for excellence here. And check out everything they do in the community, all the activations they have, our proud partnership with them. Love the Tercet, love the energy that we are associated with. And Usher, he's been associated with Remy Martin, and he's preparing for the Super Bowl right here in Las Vegas. That's going to be a big week as Remy Martin is ready for the Super Bowl, way ahead of most people other than the Raiders in this town. Remy Martin, proud partner of our show. We appreciate their partnership. When we come back, Vince Sapienza, Golden Knights and Raiders insider. He's been a part. He's embedded with the Golden Knights. They won. I'm a diehard Golden Knight fan. Is that wrong, Bobby? Can I have a microphone and be a fan? I want them to win every game. They're undefeated. I don't work for the team. And I'm a season ticket holder for the Raiders. I just love the joy that the Golden Knights bring after a cup and they're undefeated. Yeah, versus any good team, you know, last year we went to Kansas City and played them on Monday Night Football, and we got off to a fast start, and I think that was really important for us, not just, you know, in terms of, you know, us versus them, but for our confidence as well. We want to get off a fast start for us, you know, not just for the pump, but we want to get off a fast start and make sure we get confidence in ourselves and we feel like, hey, we can actually get this done and we can really do this because we have that belief in practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're ready to go. And then we got to go out there and, and, and we got to make sure that if any little hiccup comes up in a drive, we don't let it falter us and don't let it affect us because we want to make sure that we get, you know, the most positive place we can. But um, we want to do that for us. And it, whether it counteracts what they're doing defensively um, or what they're doing, I would say, as a, as a unit. But we got to do that for ourselves first, and it, it only helps to do it against your opponent on the road. That's Mick Lombardi. Turn it up. I'm going back to you, too, tonight. I love the sphere. I never really liked the owner much, James Dolan, but he built a gorgeous venue. I'm going back, and I'll keep going back. Love you, too. I enjoy the fact that we had, look at the insiders we had on today, Bobby. Rod Woodson, the Hall of Famer on tackling. Vinny Bonsignor, Bill Williamson, now the great Vince Sapienza, who can cover every sports aspect of Vegas. And Vince, good to talk to you, my friend. I want you to put this start in perspective historically for the Golden Knights and what the rest of the nation and Canada and Europe thinks of this team. <laughs> well, let's just start with what everybody else thinks. Everybody else hates it. <laughs> once, once the Golden Knights won the Cup, they became enemy number one, uh, not just in Canada, but the entire hockey world for those outside of Southern Nevada. But this this start is absolutely historic. They extended the record for a defending Cup champ starting 6-0. They're now 7-0. They're the 16th team in NHL history to win seven straight games. Uh, and what they're doing, and, and I say this in as a complimentary way as I possibly can, they're doing it as unimpressively as you possibly can and still getting it done. The, the mantra and the calling card for the Golden Knights a year ago when they won the Cup, 
They didn't do anything elite, anything extraordinary, except for finding ways to win. And if there's one thing that has carried over from last year to this year, it has been that. They're finding different ways to win. And Bruce Cassidy talks about it all the time. He talked about it a lot last year, about how his team seemed to play, not necessarily down, but play to the opponent's level, whether good or bad. We saw it a week ago with Dallas in that Stanley Cup uh, Western Conference Final rematch, one of the best games of the year, one of the best games, uh, you know, you can remember at T-Mobile Arena, and then they go on the road to Winnipeg and Chicago, and it's kind of helter-skelter up and down, and they just don't look right. But the common denominator is they win. Last night against Philly, not the greatest game, but what do they do? They end up finding a way to win and beating the teams that they should. Vince Sapienza joins us. What I found fascinating last night is fans were like, all right, we're not going to win every game. <laughs> we're going to lose a game or two here and there. And the way they dug out and won and scored at the end of regulation, and it came off of Theodore, you expect Marciso or Carlson or Stone, or the, or the scorers when they're all healthy and Eichel peppering the net there. But once again, we get a chance to see a defensive goal scorer who can have an impact. And Petrangelo is that guy when healthy from time to time. Let's talk about the back end and what type of production we can see when it comes to goal scoring from the defense. Well, it's absolutely incredible what this group is doing without Alex Petrangelo. Again, I keep going back to a year ago. One through six on the Golden Knights' blue line was the best in the National Hockey League. Alex Petrangelo was that number one guy for Vegas. He has missed the last five games, and the Golden Knights have not missed a beat. You talk about guys like Braden Paul coming in, not missing a beat. Caden Korzak. Who's got a little more than a dozen NHL games under his belt? He's putting up points, running the second power play for the defending Stanley Cup champions, and he doesn't look out of sorts. He doesn't look out of place. Shea Theodore has stepped up his game to a new level. We knew that he was going to see more minutes, he was going to see more offensive time, power play time, all that stuff with Alex Petrangelo out. But the guy that really seems to be stirring it up and mixing it up in, in a good way is Nick Hay. I mean, this is a guy who's been buried on the third line, not because of of skill or because he didn't deserve it, but because of how good the guys were in front of him. Now he gets a chance to play some big-time minutes and play a a two-way shutdown role and play against higher uh, players in the lineup, and he's shining. And and he's doing really well bringing the younger guys, like I said, Pahal and Korzak uh, up with him. So uh, it's incredible what this this team is doing without the likes of an Alex Petrangelo and what they're doing with the younger guys on the defense uh, because they're going to continue to score. And it's not necessarily a calling card from a Bruce Cassidy system in terms of, you know, a lot of points coming from the back end, but you're seeing it and the Golden Knights will take it. Vince Sapienza is our guest. So what's coming up? What do we have to look at coming up in regards to degree of difficulty, 7-0? and I was in Chicago. That was a madhouse. Fantastic <laughs> win there. Philadelphia, I, I wasn't there We're doing another show, but I heard the Flyer fans travel tremendously well. Uh, give me the next three, four games what you think will be a big test for them coming up. Yeah, well, obviously we got Nevada Day coming up on Friday. That's a 3 o'clock puck, puck drop. The Golden Knights will now have played in five uh, going on six different start times to start their year in, within an eight-game stretch, which is kind of insane. As you know, professional athletes, hockey players in particular, are creatures of habits. So all these different start times, you know, is an easy distraction, mm-hmm. is an easy excuse. But obviously, as we've seen, the Golden Knights have not let it bother them. But uh, Connor Bedard, Chicago Blackhawks, second time in three games, they're going to face them. Uh, so you know, T-Mobile Arena is going to be once again sold out, packed capacity to see the next hockey phenom. But the game that I'm, I'm really curious to see is Saturday night in L.A., 7.30 puck drop. 
that you know, L.A., Edmonton, and Vegas are the three top teams out of the Pacific that many believe are going to come out of the Pacific when it's all said and done. And it's going to be one of those tests. Are we going to see the Golden Knights like we did when they played Dallas last week and really go toe-to-toe and have that playoff-like atmosphere and this time do it on the road? So that's the game I'm really keeping an eye on to see how this team looks. Obviously, we're going to see if uh, Petrangelo is back in the lineup, uh, but that's going to be a good one for sure. All right, Vince, I'll see you in the press pocket, the Raiders game coming up when the Giants are in town. Give me something positive. It's been <laughs> it's been a tough week with the Raiders, and we're all hoping they bounce back. Give me something positive that you think the Raiders can do to get some momentum going once they get to Detroit. Let's talk Michael Mayer. Mm-hmm. Let's talk the rookie tight end. I mean, the last couple weeks, uh, I've loved what I've seen about the offense getting him more in the mix, getting him more uh, of a, a spotlight-type role in some of these play calling because when he's there, he's there. And he makes a splash, and, you know, they're not real splashy, chunky plays that he's making at the moment. I think they're coming. I think he's chipping away little by little. His run blocking is getting better week in and week out when you look at the grades. And he's becoming more of a featured guy in that passing attack. He's a guy... I think Raider Nation can get really excited to see as the weeks come. I know they'd like to see it probably a little sooner rather than later, a little faster than what it's been. But he's a guy that I've really had my eye on the last couple of weeks, this guy who's making plays, and I think he's going to become more and more of an impact as the season goes on. Thank you, Vince. Always appreciate you every two weeks. Thank you, sir. Thanks, JT. Vince Sapienza, Fox 5. Got a great gig. You know, Fox 5 guys, the newsmen as we call them. They come on, and they're excited to come on and be on the radio and tell their stories. Got great people in town. The newspaper's very strong. The newspaper's very strong in this town. Sports, I love it. And then you got the people on the news, Chris Matthews. We have Kevin Bollinger. We have Vince Sapienza. We go down the list, Dana Wagner. We got to get Dana on here. I'm letting Dana breathe. He's able to hear the show with his new schedule. I'm letting Dana breathe after his Dodgers didn't get it done. I got to get to the Phillies and what happened last night here in a little bit. Big Al's in San Francisco where he worked the Warriors' home opener, and the Warriors lost to the Phoenix Suns, and Big Al, Phoenix didn't even have Bradley Beal. Tell us about the game. The Warriors started in the first half, shot 10 for 28 inside the paint. paint. Not Not from downtown. Downtown, that's more than acceptable. Inside the paint. They blew so many opportunities. They didn't turn the ball over like normally the Warriors do, but it was just a lot of blown putbacks and easy shots. Um, Phoenix, you know, they didn't have Beal. They got great play from Okobi last night, and if he and if he plays like that the rest of the year, they're going to be really tough. You know, the Warriors. I don't want to say they gave the game away, but let's just say they didn't have their A game, and if they had Draymond. They wouldn't, have had, they wouldn't have had to suffer from some very poor defensive play by some of their top players, such as Wiggins and Thompson. They were Defensively, it was not a banner showing. Yeah, and the Lakers lost to Denver. But, look, and I know injuries, you don't have to play. We got some Barkley sound for later on. When you have injuries, you don't have to play. But I was kind of disappointed. You know, me and you have been friends a long time. I turn on the opening night, and I had a lot of choices last night. Diamondbacks, I had the Golden Knights here. And I got no Draymond, and I got no Bradley Beal. Week one, and I'm sitting here, and I got James Harden's not playing. He, they're trying to figure out him in Philadelphia. And I go, Dude, are, we, are we here again? Are we going to get some of these guys to play through injuries this year? And, again, uh, Draymond, what's the report on Draymond? He's got an ankle or something? He's going to be out a few weeks or a few days? Yeah, Draymond sprained his ankle 
before training camp in a in a wow. you know in one of those pre-training camp pickup games where the guys get together and they run court. Mm-hmm. You know, so they were playing at Chase Center, all a bunch of the Warrior, you know, Warrior players and players, you know, and pick, you pick up players and so forth. And he sprained his ankle apparently pretty badly. He he has not played at all in the preseason, and he only had one three-on-three practice. Um, I don't anticipate that he's going to play up until maybe the first home game. Uh, he'll travel with the team for the. They have three games in a row on the road. Mm-hmm. Then they come home for one, and then they go back out for five. So theoretically, when you're not sleeping in your bed more than two nights in yeah. a row, you're on the road. Uh, I anticipate Draymond won't play until next one. All right, last one. I know you called in. I, I kind of directed you towards the Warriors because I know you look at the Raider offensive line. You're able to get me stats that I use on the pregame show. What the hell's going on? I'm seeing good PFF grades, but I can't see that they can't run the ball. I'm seeing good PFF grades, and they don't throw deep balls. What's the problem with this offensive line from a well, stats I perspective? Just, I, I think you just kind of said it in a nutshell. Okay, they have a hard time with uh, pass protection, so that shortens the field for the defense to have to cover. If they can't get Tucker the ball, when they did the one ball to Tucker down downfield, and he, and he ended up getting the PI. If you can't stretch the field and you're consolidating the field by roughly a third, um, mm-hmm. it's much easier for a team to be able to defend against against them. They can yeah. stack the box, and they can and the, uh, they can take away any access to the second level that Jacobs would get. Um, the Raiders have to do a better job pass pass protecting so they can get the ball down the field and stretch the field. Now Hoyer isn't the you know look he's an older player he's not the guy but this was going on with Jimmy also they don't they're not going down the field because they can't go down the field they have a weapon to go down the field they got to find a way to be able to use that weapon otherwise they're going to be constricted and it's going to constrict the run game and it's going to constrict the pass game. Thanks, my friend. Appreciate the call. Uh, This segment of the show brought to you by Resorts World Las Vegas. No resort property on the Strip blends technology and luxury like Resorts World. It's a world-class hotel experience, period. You get the best entertainment in the world, Katy Perry. Uh, I like all the music that they have there. Oh, my God. The concerts are fantastic in the theater there. And if you've seen Carrie Underwood, you know what I'm talking about there. I love the food. I love the blend of the hotel, the pool outside. And every time I go there, there's a new activation. We just try to tell everybody from a sports attraction Go to Doghouse Saloon and have a great time here there. You can dine. They have the famous food, Street Eats. The casino is luxurious, and I like everything that's new. Every time I go in there, they have something if you love art, culture, history, and the resort really knows how to connect with locals here in town. So go to Doghouse Saloon for Monday Night Football, college football, and right there at Doghouse Saloon, they have the sports books. You don't have to leave your drink and your food. Walk to the middle of the hotel, place your bet, come back. It's right there. Resorts World, proud partner of Oz on Raider Nation Radio. When we come back, I guess you. I'm open the rest of the show. Feels like I'm, I'm hosting 60 Minutes today. And we got this correspondent, this insider, the feature on Rod Woodson and tackling. I feel like, yeah, I feel like today I was Scott Pelley running 60 Minutes. We had a bunch of segments. All of them, not me, I just guide it. We thank our partners and we hope to hear from you. 702-365-9200. I'm not going to guarantee any wins or anything like that. I'm not going to be that guy.
Atkinson winds it behind, out in front of shot save, rebound, they score! Ivan Barbashev on the spot to clean it up and give Vegas a 1-0 lead. Second goal for Barbashev after getting no points in the last five. He gives Vegas a 1-0 lead. Yeah, what a pickup that was last year. He gets a cup and he's out of the gate quickly. JT, have you been to La Casa Cigars yet? It's in Tivoli Village. Real easy to find. Mike and his team over there do a beautiful job with their bourbon and whiskey selection. The humidor is outstanding. Any type of cigar you want, they have it there. You can watch the games in privacy, have a good time inside or outside, and then live music after that. That's my go-to spot now for Thursday Night Football with my buddies. We go to La Casa Cigars in Tivoli Village. Also, Mike has a great tailgate at the Raider game where he hands out cigars, and he is a diehard Raider fan, a real Raider fan. I love to say that because most of our partners here on Raider Nation Radio are associated with the Raiders. They have a Raider partnership or one with us here on the radio and the Raider fans. So it's proud to represent La Casa Cigars. So a couple of things I want to get into here quickly. And what we, we've been talking a lot about the Golden Knights tonight. The NBA started off last night, and I didn't get a chance to watch every second of it. But Charles Barkley was trending today. And I thought this was important. And when I watched it, I sent it over to Bobby to cut up and play this. He said this in front of the commissioner, Adam Silver. Barkley wanted to get off his chest what's going on with load management. I'm talking to the players, man. Forget the ownership. Forget the fans. As a player, if you're going to make $50, $60 million a year to play basketball three or four days a week, play basketball, man. Now, if you're injured, if you're injured, don't play. But everybody hurts after the first two weeks of the season. Your, Your leg sore, your knee sore. If you're injured, I don't want you to play. But the notion that, number one, bless these guys, you're making 30, 40, 50 million dollars to play basketball four days a week. Y'all got the best shoes, you got the best medical staff, you got these guys sleeping in chambers, you got ice baths. Man, if you can play, shut the hell up and play. That is great radio. Wow. That's in front of the commissioner, and Barkley made a good point. Some of these guys will make thirty, forty million a year. It comes out to three or four hundred thousand a game. So Adam Silver knows about this because his television partners and the fans have told them to stop this. So that's why they put in this pre-early tournament into the season, where coming up they're going to play in that tournament. You're going to accumulate points, going to win some extra money. They're only doing that to encourage players to play through pain. Not everybody feels great. The NBA is the worst sport out of the major sports to start their season. Let me say that again. Football players opening night, you have Buffalo at Kansas City, the two best teams. They're ready to play, and they give you an unbelievable product. In baseball, we have something called opening day. A pitcher can come out and throw 98 miles an hour on opening day, and a hitter can go three for three with a home run. Then we go to hockey. Opening night in hockey, it's a war. Fights, everybody playing, skates, sticks up, everybody's playing their ass off. The NBA sucks opening month because no one's in shape. They're not ready. They're not enthused. They have nothing to play for. So that's the problem. And Adam Silver is trying to contain that now and trying to reel in the entitled players who just don't think they have to play. So I think we're going in a good direction on that. Uh, I want you to hear more on Adam Silver on domestic violence because Barkley said Barkley got pretty vocal about domestic violence issues in the NBA. 
I, I got one more question. I don't care. He, he says go to commercial, but I got a serious question for you. There's a couple of disturbing incidents of domestic violence in the NBA right now. What are we doing to address that? Because that is a, you can't put your hands on women, man. And we should be at the forefront in sports when the men hit women. So what are we as a league going to do about that? Well, again, you know, I, I, that's an area where we're not looking to compete against other leagues when you say forefront. So I think all the leagues are trying to address this issue. But I know, again, our, our, our Players Association, credit to them, this wasn't adversarial. We put in place a new program for how we deal with, uh, first of all, accusations of domestic violence even before they're prosecuted. Part of it goes to training of our players, uh, counseling of our players to make sure they understand during high-stress situations that, like, obviously never resort to violence against anyone. And so we're addressing it. We have, you know, state-of-the-art uh, counseling professionals dealing with our players. But, of course, and if a guy, you know, does cross the line, the consequences are enormous. All right, so that was from TNT last night. Oh, this is another good piece of sound. we got to come up with a title for this and a sponsor when we have all this good sound from other platforms. My friend Stephen A., we started together on radio. Not together, but we worked on a lineup together, so we became friends. He, he picked the Lions as the best team in football two weeks ago. So on his show, First Take, he stood up there, he does Stephen A's top five, and he had the Lions as the number one team ahead of the Niners, Eagles, and all of that. Then the Lions lost to Baltimore. Listen to Stephen A. It's fraudulence. You see, when you're looking for the definition of fraudulence, that's what the damn Detroit Lions showed you today. You got a top four offense. You got a top nine defense. You got Jared Goff, who was an MVP candidate. They were 13-3 and three since week nine of last season. You're looking at the Detroit Lions and you're saying, excuse me, even on my A-list on first take on ESPN's first take last week, I had them as number one TV in the NFL. Damn it, I'm stuttering, tripping over myself because it came out of my mouth to be complimentary of a franchise that's perpetually disgusting. One playoff victory since 1957. Ladies and gentlemen, that's 10 years before I was born. That was so damn long ago, I don't remember who the hell the president was. Dwight Eisenhower. And to get your ass kicked so thoroughly, so embarrassingly, so profoundly. What happened to biting kneecaps, Dan Campbell? The Lions reminded us that they're just another team. Maybe coach can play that in the locker room. That'd be good. Come out with that. Slam the doors open and play Stephen A. Reminding everyone that the Lions since 1957 have won one playoff game. Who in the Raider Nation is scared of that? The greatness of the Raiders. Talked to someone in the building today. I said, what would have happened if Lyle Alzado played in a game like that the following week? And Howie Long and Lyle Alzado had a game like that the way the Raiders played in Chicago. And they said they, they would have needed people to find Lyle at night. Seriously, dead serious, someone who was around back then. They, they would have needed to find and track down Lyle Alzado. He would have been distraught. Now, Max doesn't need to be distraught. And I find myself leaving Max out of a lot of this. Because I think, and Max didn't have a great game. Max didn't have a great game. He's part of that defense. You know, Max is running around, flying around. That wasn't his best game. But I know I'm going to get a great game out of Max. And I want to make sure we get a great game out of some of the other players who didn't play that well. We mentioned the World Series now is set to Texas Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks. We've all been sports fans our whole lives, right? All of us who's listening, we've all been fans our entire lives since we can remember. How is it that I'm in a business that not one human being 
And there's a lot of smart people in baseball, former GMs, former presidents of baseball teams. How come one didn't pick Texas and the Diamondbacks in April? Because it was impossible. You had the Dodgers, the Padres, the Yankees, right? The Yankees payroll, the Red Sox payroll. You look around the league, and no one even came up with that. No one put up a flyer in a parlay and said Rangers time. Not one. On all of God's green earth. And now we see that the Diamondbacks are in. I thought they were great. The Moreno RBI really broke this game go go a wide open. This was smart hitting at a critical time. Here's the pitch. Swing and a base hit right field. Carroll rounding third. Castellanos charging. We're going to have a play at the plate. The throw is cut off. Carroll scores. Moreno in a rundown. And he tried to juke out the first baseman, Harper. But the Diamondbacks take the lead. That was a big play here. Give me the final here. Arizona, shocking to see. They'll take on the Rangers in the World Series. And a fly ball. Right field. Going over is Corbin Carroll. He's under it. He's got it. And the 2023 Arizona Diamondbacks are headed to the World Series for the second time in their 26-year history. They have upset the Philadelphia Phillies. They come back after losing the first two games here in Philadelphia. They went four of the last five, the last two here at Citizens Bank Park. And they beat the Phillies four games to three, winning tonight's game by a final score of four to two. Diamondbacks Radio, last time they went, they beat my Yankees. And Mariano Rivera coming off 9-11 on a broken bat base hit off the hammer of God. You know, Mariano Rivera is the only player ever in the Hall of Fame. He was a unanimous Hall of Famer, the first one to go unanimously. And he gave up the game-winning hit in the World Series. That's why I thought was going to keep him out, Bobby, unanimously, was that one hit, and the Diamondbacks haven't been back since. Breaking news, 49ers Brock Purdy is in concussion protocol. Why does that mean something? You can't get out. There hasn't been a player in a couple of years to come out and play in protocol. That's the new rule. As Bill Marv would say, the new rule, you're in concussion protocol, you're not going to play the following week. I don't agree with that. I think you should be able to get cleared and play. Why not? In concussion protocol Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe you get cleared. Didn't happen to Jimmy G. It's not going to happen to Brock Purdy. And if you got kids in the car, you can turn me off right now because I want to tell this story. And if you got young kids in the car, I would rather they not hear this, but I have to do my job here. Dwight Howard. Big story with Dwight Howard. So former NBA star Dwight Howard, who was a hell of a player, hell of a player, has denied sexual assault and battery allegations against him earlier this year and asked the court to dismiss a civil lawsuit that he's facing. In the court documents that ESPN has up, right on ESPN.com, Howard said Monday that he engaged in consensual sexual activity with a man named Stephen Harper, during a July 2021 encounter at his residence. He denied that he caused any injury to the individual, but he admitted to having a sexual relationship with a man. So that's Dwight Howard today. That story is breaking the Internet, and it happened over Instagram and some instant messages, Harper initiating the exchange, and then Harper accused Dwight Howard of sexually assaulting him at Howard's home, home doing that. So this is about consensual sex, which Dwight Howard is admitting with another man. And he wants no, nothing to do with what's happening with the allegations. 
So he's denied the allegations that it was domestic violence. Okay. So this story, which the NBA and all radio and all television is having a difficult time explaining for obvious reasons, it's the number one trending story in sports right now. And it's the number one story in the NBA. So that's what's happening with Dwight Howard. There's always been some accusations about Dwight Howard in the past, but if ESPN.com has it as their second story, it's my job to read it and make you aware of it. Bobby, great show today. I normally don't say that. Great. Uh, You had everything to do with it. Booked a hell of a show. Our guests were outstanding. And we're going to come back tomorrow. Johnny Katz on the entertainment side. F1. F1's coming. Are they ready? Oh, are they ready? Looks to be like they're ready. The stands are up. I mean, people are upset about traffic. That, well, that's what happens when you got to get ready for F1. You're going to have to get ready in the final couple of weeks. You pull it off. Concert lineup looks pretty good for there. So Johnny Katz tomorrow. Who else do we have there, Bobby, tomorrow? Lee Sterling, whose daughter sang the national anthem in Chicago. God, she was great. One of the best I've ever heard. And Lee was proud. And we hang out. And we had some beverages at Harry Carey's. He'll give you three games for free. And then we'll find another guest along the way, or we'll just hear from you. Raiders Roundtable is out right now on YouTube. Also, my YouTube Live is out from last night. Go to YouTube, JT the Brick YT. Please subscribe so you can get the alerts when I go live on YouTube. I'm having a lot of fun doing that. I'm going to YouTube tonight. So, so I'm sure I'll see another wrinkle to that show and tell you about it tomorrow. Q's coming up next. Have a great day, everybody. Appreciate you listening.